Hi there. Welcome to Conversations, where we seek to advance your leader and team excellence by discussing relevant topics that impact today's organizations. Welcome to the show. Hey there, leader, and welcome to Conversations, where we are going to be talking to Dr. Emery Welch, clinician, trainer, and coach in part two of Focus. And you, and I think you were asking, how do we make that happen? And it's difficult. This is a a moving target. But I think that if you ask them that question, what would be the one focal point that you would have if you got rid of everything else? And let's say you've got four people on your team. And I would tell them, look, don't answer out loud. I want you to write your answer down. And I think folks would be surprised that you may get a different answer from everybody. Yeah. And, and none of the answers would be wrong. That's right. Necessarily. The, the important thing is that now you know where everybody is. And so you can come together and decide as a group, okay, this is going to be on, this is going to be our focus can everybody buy into it? And you can't have any pressure on that because it, pressure doesn't work in that situation. So you really have to go through a process uh, because what we found is that when it gets to that um, minutia, that as long as everybody picks the same, the same thing, it doesn't really matter what they pick. Um, well, that's not, it probably doesn't matter what they pick, but if everybody agrees on one thing, they probably pick the right thing. Mm-hmm. And then everybody's doing the same thing. Yeah. And then that generalizes to everything else. So that makes, everything else, that makes everything else better. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Does that yes. make sense? Yes, it certainly does. Yeah. And while we're talking about, um, groups, teams, uh, what impact do our values have uh, when it comes to guidance and decision-making? So as teams are, we'll just think about that strategic plan, um, you know, and we're asking people, where should we focus? So when it comes to values, how does that kind of um, plug into to the whole focus? Well, yeah, that, well, you know, values are very um, personal. Right. And when we grew up, we had values that were bestowed on us. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, the, and, and it's, it's interesting because most of our decisions are made based on our values and they're, and they're made ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So a big, large percentage, and I can't say like 95% or 97%, but, um, like the uh, ivory, ninety nine point nine percent pure. Pure, but uh, <laughs> I can't. I can't tell you what percentage, but I can tell you that most of the time, our individual decisions are already made when a situation comes up based on our value system that was bestowed upon us. Um, it's kind of a. I'm gonna. T- I'll kind of tell you a funny story here. So, my uh, back in in. Florida. So I, I love bluegrass music. I'm sorry if 
that that uh, uh, turns some folks off because not everybody likes bluegrass music. I like a lot of different kinds of music, but bluegrass festivals uh, in yes. Florida are mostly outside. And um, hey, so they have portalettes, and um, so when you know, hey, the portalettes are fine, really, until it gets dark. And then there's a problem and there can be a problem. But uh, so my dad and I were at a bluegrass festival and, and this was in probably November in Auburndale. So it's uh, central Florida, but it was kind of a chilly night. So we were wearing jackets and all. And um, hey, it's dark. And dad had to go, uh, you know, had to go to the portal. So we go and we go to, to the uh, portal and I go with him. Stark, you know, shine the flashlight. He's in there for a long time. Oh, dear. And uh, I asked him, like, Dad, what's what's going on? And uh, he said, well, I'm trying to, to I've dropped, I'm trying to get this jacket. I dropped it in the hole, my jacket. Oh, no, Dad. <laughs> and I told him, I said, look, Dad, the, uh, that jacket's ratty. You don't need that jacket. Come on out of there. And he, he said, I'm not worried about the jacket. Our sandwiches were in that pocket. Oh, no. <laughs> so what, what's important? What's the value? What's the value here? The va- kind of va- like the snacks. <laughs> the value that I grew up with in my family, we didn't have, have much money, uh, was one of the values was, hey, take care of your stuff because there's no more where that came from. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, you've heard, hey, there's plenty more where that came from. But for us, there was no more where that came from. So we're well, that's how I grew up, too. <laughs> OK. All right. So interestingly, I and mean, you can imagine. Um, so I had bestowed on me a value of security. Mm-hmm. Right. Security was important. And um, from a physical financial standpoint, um, and that I grew up with, that was entrenched into me. So when I um, got into the business world, and and you mentioned in my, like I said in my bio, I started out as a clinician, private practice, but then I went into administration and I was in the business world where risk-taking was essential mm-hmm. and dealing with the unknown was essential. So I had to really work on myself to create a value of risk-taking. I don't know if that even makes any sense, but sure it does. I, in other words, I had to decide that, you know what? I can create a value system. I love the values that I got from my family, the values and standards, but some of them didn't work for me like that one because I wasn't going to be able to accomplish what I needed to accomplish without risk-taking and understanding that and understanding how to do that. And believe me, it was trial and error. But I threw myself into that and wanted to 
make that a part of who I was. So I also had to make sure that my security <laughs> was in the Lord above. <laughs> mm-hmm. That that's <laughs> that that's where because it, in that in 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 our family that's how it went too. But um, this now rubber meets the road, right? I had to kind of say, okay, I'm going to trust that and I'm going to take risk. And some of these, and so I started doing it in business and some of them paid off great and some of them were terrible. That's how it goes. <laughs> it didn't work. Um, you fell so, forward. Yeah. Yeah. Fail forward. <laughs> you know, like the folks who the sticky notes, right? That's right. Uh, <laughs> you got it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that was interesting, but when it comes to a corporate value, you know, we have to create a value system in our companies. Mm-hmm. So regardless of of what your organization is or you're the CEO, uh let's say you're the CEO and you got a nonprofit board, um So, and you're trying to make sure that you develop a value system that works for you, for your organization, fine and dandy. But how does that translate to the folks who are doing the actual work? Mm -hmm. And you've got to be able to mesh the two. Yeah. And, and, you know, so many times we, we look for organizations where we can, um, where we have that shared values. But I think you said something important there because it's important that the people within our organizations know why our values as organizational values, why they are, are set there. And like you said, you needed to, to hop on to the, the risk train and, and really, you know, move, move yourself forward with that because that was important in order for you in the business world to be successful, whether or not they worked out or not, you had to work yourself through that. And so I think it's, it is truly important for leaders at the top, those senior leaders, as you're pushing down those those values and and trying to bring people you know into that uh, shared value system that they understand why those values are in place because they may mean different things to different people. Oh, excellent point. It's an excellent point, and we have to know that. Yeah, and, and you know we talk about you know, risk. And so let's link that to the innovation question of, you know, how important is innovation and what role can it play uh, in executive development? And and you talked about, you talked about that risk for your own personal life. Yeah. And, you know, I, um, before we talk about innovation, um, because that's, that's extremely important. I want to. I wonder if I can circle back sure. and maybe talk about. It's your show. How <laughs> how we how we go about doing this on a daily basis, um, as far as as how how we determine what our focus can is, and yes. and how do we make Let's that? Do that. Um. So when we're thinking about individually 
um, I'm going to individually then kind of work out. We, we think about what's called, what, what I call focus questions. So I don't know if, if folks under, know this or understand this, but um, your brain will answer any question you ask it. And it's interesting that most of the time your brain will answer it overnight in your sleep. That's when it, your brain takes your dreams and compiles everything so that you remember things and and you interpret what happens to you on a daily basis and all that. So sleep's a big part of this. And your your brain will answer whatever question you ask it. So we want to make sure we ask the right question. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the things that I'm going to plug you here, Kelly. <laughs> well, thank you. This is what uh, one of the unexpected. Things, yeah, this is Kelly did not ask me to do that. Uh, <laughs> but when I was reading your book, thank you for purchasing that. Hey, no, hey, thank you for writing it. Um, at the end of each chapter you actually had something called Coach's Corner, I I believe it's called Coach's Corner. And really what you were doing was you were proposing uh, focus questions for anybody that was reading that book. And I thought that was so valuable. Um, And it it seemed to me when when I would read those questions, I thought, yeah, that's, those are the perfect questions that leaders should be asking themselves. And the interesting thing is that sometimes we don't ask ourselves the right questions. And I'm going to use a, um, I'm, I'm just going to say it. Hopefully it's okay that, uh, you know, lots of folks, uh, for instance, are struggling with weight. Mm -hmm. We know that in our, in our country, 10 pound COVID. (laughs) <laughs> and there's, there's no, I mean, there's no shame in it. You're, I mean, it's a lot of folks are struggling with weight issues. And what I've found is that most folks will ask themselves a question like, ah, why am I overweight? Why am I struggling with weight or why am I fat or whatever? And it's interesting. So the brain will answer that question and it will answer it like, Oh, you don't exercise enough or you don't or you're eating too many Twinkies or whatever. Um, It's going to answer that question, but it's not going to do you any good. That's right. But if you were to ask a question like this, let's say you were to ask a question. How can I become physically fit and enjoy the process? Mm -hmm. Now your brain's going to answer that and that is going to change your life. Yeah, a little reframing there. Oh, I like it. Reframe <laughs> a little clinician coming out in you there. So, um, yeah. And it's all a matter of what you ask mm. and what you focus on, you know, in um, I'll give you an example in family therapy. Uh, So, you know, I'm a clinician. Well, I do consulting for family therapy as well. Uh, 
And it's interesting. So families come in and almost all of them are like, fix my kid. My kid's not coming home on time. They're skipping school. They're being disrespectful. Um, they're, uh, you know, whatever, hanging out with the wrong crowd, yada, yada. And that's what they're focused on. And what we found is that's almost like if you were, and we actually use this as a, as an analogy, like if you were to, to look at an apple tree and the apples were not healthy, they're mushy and bruised and yeah, and you took those apples off and threw them away. Would that fix the problem? No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't fix the problem because the problem comes with what's feeding those apples. So in that situation, instead of focusing on, hey, this kid's not coming home on time. This kid's not, uh, you know, they're skipping school, whatever. We would actually uh, want the family to focus on the process or the dance. Mm. In other words, what are they feeding their family tree? Because mm-hmm. if they're feeding it healthy nutrients, all oh, the disrespect and all that and the leaving and the going out without asking permission, that's going to go away. And, and so they're not focusing on the right thing. They're focusing on a symptom. I had my um, one of my high school friends, her daughter. Was um, her ankles were swelling. And they couldn't figure it out. Her ankles are swelling really bad. So what do you do for swollen ankles? Hey, you elevate, right? Mm-hmm. You elevate, you get off them, whatever. But that wasn't working. And they were concentrating on that. But what did they do? Hey, they were smart. They went to the doctor. And what they found out is that her kidney was not processing protein correctly. Mm-mm. And that would kill her. Oh, dear. So <clears throat> can you imagine if they continued to focus on how to get the swelling down, but didn't focus on what they needed to focus on? Right. It would be catastrophic. And we need to do, we need to understand how can we figure out what we need to focus on? That's the main thing. And then how do we intensify the focus? So when we're talking to leaders, it's the same thing. We've got to figure out, okay, what do you need to focus on? Because maybe you're asking the wrong questions. Yeah, that's so good to remember. So I, I just wanted to, I, I feel like I wanted to yeah. revisit that before we talked about um, innovation. You, yeah, I'm you glad asked, you did. So you asked. I'm glad you did. <laughs> oh, thank you. You uh, so you asked about innovation. Yes. I think I heard you mention the coronavirus. And gosh, <laughs> Kelly, my gosh, the coronavirus has forced a lot of innovation, hasn't it? <laughs> yes, it has. Certainly I, has. <laughs> I mean, not just. A, I mean, on a per, on a personal level. Yes. And a, and a business level. That's right. Um, when you think about the parents mm. that have had to, to have their kids at home and educate their kids, 
Yes. I heard so many people talking about, hey, these teachers aren't making enough money. <laughs> I heard that. I don't, I mean, I heard that so many times. Uh, you aren't making enough money um, because they were having to take, to basically take that in. And, you know, a lot of these parents started to, I mean, really were innovative in how they were doing it and how they were creating little groups that were safe but that could help them, you know, Hey, somebody's smart in this area. Somebody's talented in this area on and on. And now I've been working on, uh, I've done what I do, uh, over the, over web-based platforms, um, for six years now. So it wasn't a big deal to me. Um, and I've been using zoom, I think for three years. So it wasn't a big deal for me, but gosh, did you notice the users of Zoom went yes. skyrocket? Mm-hmm. And people had to be innovative. And I think it's interesting because a lot of folks would think that focus and innovation are at odds. It, it makes sense mm-hmm. when you think about it. Okay, I'm focused on this. Um, and innovation can't be part of it because it distracts my focus. And I get it. I, I get it. I can see how folks I'm going to, um, I mentioned Napoleon Hill though, didn't I, in the beginning? Mm-hmm. So he wrote, uh, you know, I think I said laws of success and then uh, think and grow rich that, um, in the think and grow rich, uh, book. And it wasn't necessarily about, um, growing rich. It was more about how do you succeed uh, through the definite chief aim. But the point that he made was that if you write down your focus and you stayed with that, that the right innovation would come along. Mm. You're open to it because you're focused on something and and through that the innovation happens and um i thought i mean i was thinking about that it's so important because without innovation we don't progress that's right and actually focus enhances that i was um i'll tell you a quick story (laughs) maybe maybe in with this but but the um so driving North Carolina, driving the back roads of North Carolina, sometimes you'll get in these back roads and there's nothing but a tractor there between, <laughs> between you and wherever you want to go. But um, when you're driving these back roads, there aren't a lot of businesses. And so the folks that have a business have to be pretty darn innovative uh, to make it work. And I was driving along and you see this uh, sign up ahead and it said, uh, veterinarian and uh, taxidermy. (laughs) And uh, there was writing right underneath, you can't see, but when you get a little closer, the tagline was, hey, either way you get your dog back. Oh, it's true. (laughs) 
<laughs> but that is pretty innovative. <laughs> yeah, that's a great example of innovation. Yes, that's for sure. <laughs> that's brilliant. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. This has been awesome. I, I appreciate you really, you know, unpacking focus and the importance of focus for uh, for our leaders and teams, and and really being able to magnify, uh, you know, to to laser beam in on, on what it is that we need to be focused on, so we can uh, carry that out, and not to put too much on our plate. Um, you know, going back to the whole nutrition nutritionist. Uh, not to put too much on our, our plate, whether it's uh, food or whether it's our strategic planning or whatever that is, um, because it's just not going to be as effective if we do that versus if we really laser in on what we need to focus on and then carry that out. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, hey, thanks, Kelly, so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah it was fun. And I would love to be able to connect people uh, to you if they would like to learn more about uh, what you do and the services that you have, how can people connect with you? All right. Well, um, www.excel.com. Execxcel.com. I'm sorry. I'm thinking about something. Execxcel.com as a website. And um, of course, um, connect on LinkedIn. Emory Welch. Tell him you, you heard him here. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I, I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. I can always use more focus in my life. <laughs> we are all as leaders, you know, always have so much on our plate. But but I this is a great reminder, especially for me, uh, you know, to really focus on what's important and then, you know, create those action steps, connect with a coach. To help you and uh, right, right and on. carry on. <laughs> All Thank right. you well, so until much. next time, you stay safe and uh, enjoy that North Carolina weather. I plan to. Right. Thanks, Take Kelly. Care. Yeah, bye bye. Until next time, this is Dr. Kelly Whalen. Keep doing great things because our world needs leaders like you.